never know. This is your last chance. No beating around the bush. Perhaps I was talking when I should have been listening. This is the Redefined Relentless Podcast. Welcome back to Redefine Relentless. Today, we're going to be talking about sales. But Hunter, why are you talking about sales? You might be thinking right off the bat. Well, everything is selling and everyone is a salesperson, whether you believe it or not. Now, let's take it into an example. You're a nurse. You're selling a service. You're selling taking care of someone. You're selling that brand of the hospital that you're at. If you're in customer service, if you're answering phones, if you are at McDonald's, you are selling a burger. Well, the people are coming in and it was already advertised that we have burgers and McDonald's was this and that and that. No, you're still selling that service to have that that repeating customer coming back. So it's very important to realize and broadening our perspective that every day has sales. And every day that you live, I live, we all have sales, whether we know it or not. And, you know, I, it wasn't till I had, I believe, branding yourself with Chip Helm. It was one of my podcast episodes back in the past, like a year ago. Now, Chip Helm, uh, he wrote uh, a couple books and he does medical sales and he talked a lot about sales in his books and being on the podcast and that everyone sells. And that was the first thing that I really learned from him. And it was like, wow, I can't even believe like it's the first thing I want you to recognize is that you're selling way more than you think you're selling yourself. You're selling your brand. Whenever you interview, whenever you go after a job, you're selling yourself And you're getting to persuade that person that you're worthy of that job. You know, so so selling is very, very important in everyone's life and every day. So when I jump into this, I want to start with the broadness. And all this information is um, from like Jordan Belford, Gary Vaynerchuk, Grant Cardone, uh, and some of the most wide known speakers and top sellers of companies and very smart people is all written down on this page. I'm going to try to make this one a very quick podcast because I want you all to get really good tips, tricks, and just knowledge of sales and how to become better at them. And the next podcast episode, which you guys should be looking after, we'll be talking about negotiation, which is never split the difference by uh, Chris Ross. I already have that done, but uh, that will be the next podcast episode. But let's jump in furthermore to sales. Now that you understand the why, it's important to understand this podcast. Sales at the highest level is transferring emotion. You might be thinking now, what emotion is it? It is the emotion of certainty. So think about it. Whenever you are in a car dealership or um, maybe not all of us have been in a car dealership, have been private, or you, you go to a shop, you whatever, you, everyone can think of that example in their head. And that person that works there is trying to persuade you to have that product or service or whatever it is. So they're transferring emotion of certainty because that's all we really need to buy a product or a service is certainty. And so an example is like of being an entrepreneur in this mindset in selling your, um, you need to sell, be able to sell your company to your employees in this, not literally, but like emotionally, they have to be tied and wrapped up into it in order to put all their effort and work very hard. They have to see your vision and buy into your vision. So you have to be good at persuading in order to make that sale. 
get your and there and then there's also more sales like getting your kids to believe in education or that um, your car payment negotiating that or your insurance rate negotiating that in everyday life we see sales and so we have to learn to communicate effectively and sell so there are one of the biggest things I learned with the major entrepreneurship and innovation was, and I, I went into a meeting, venture capitalists. So guys that have, they're multimillionaires. All they do now is invest in companies. They said, you have 10 seconds to get my attention. And then I walk. That makes you double think. Whenever you enter a conversation in sales or in not and I don't want to get into the just the business of sales, but it's the everyday life of sales. And it's opening our eyes to that perspective. And I know I've been hitting the head on the nail consistently right there with just sales everyday life. But I really want to say that you have 10 seconds to get a lot of people's attention. And there's you can never meet someone twice. Uh, there's no first time you can meet someone in the perspective of which they perceive you. In 10 seconds to get someone's attention. So if you're pitching your idea, like in my perspective when I was, it was I got to find something that's different, unique. So I opened my pitch up with, imagine this. You open your eyes and you see the sun peeking over the Tennessee mountains. You grab your cup of coffee, walk over to the patio and... Take a deep breath of the fresh Tennessee air and while the birds are chirping. And then I go into it and there's much more to that pitch. But I'm, I'm creating imagery for the audience to understand what I'm selling and why they should listen. Why is one of the most important things when entering sales? And Simon Schneck talks about it. Start with why. And I highly recommend that book. And I also have a podcast over Start With Why. And then you have to make it simple. Whenever you think it's simple enough, make it even more simple. When I had podcasts that were like an hour long, I realized that it didn't have much retention and I have to make it simpler. So even through my podcast content, I have to make things simpler. But given to the fact that sometimes I have to be a little bit more repetitive because I want to get things across to the audience. So, but within everyday's persons, just everyone in perspective and retrospect is to be simple. Just when you thought something was simpler, simplify it even more and try to think of that. And that's something I've been really trying to do with my boss, which is the CEO of 17 Jiffy Lubes. He doesn't have a whole, I mean, he, everyone has 24 hours in the day. I can't, you know, he, uh, like, I can't expect his full attention every day. It, like that's just not possible, nor should I expect even an hour um, a day it, it, to the fact that I need to be simple and concise whenever I go to him and be able to sell him my idea. So being simple and concise just in everyday communication is a very important fact, even in sales, because it builds trust in the fact that you they know that you respect their time. And there's a lot more that can go behind that. So I'm going to give a hint off of it, but I'm going to bring it into sales because Chris Voss was, uh, he was an FBI agent. One of the, he was the top negotiator in the FBI and he wrote the book, Never Split the Difference. Um, again, be looking out for that podcast episode next time. Uh, it might be next week. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, we're pretty busy uh, with recruitment right now or fellowship, but I think I'm going to really get to that. But what I was going to say in getting back to that is I'm going to give you guys a little hint. So he talked about this 738-55 rule. I was very intrigued by it. 
So when you're negotiating or making a sale, 7% is content, 38% is tonality, and 55% is body language. Now, let's, let's, let's take a step back. Okay, let's break this down. 7, 38, 55. What do you mean by that? What matters the most in negotiating in a conversation? 7% content, 38% tonality, 55% body language in which you sell yourself, your product, or your service. Or just negotiating everyday life, like I've been saying a lot. So that, that came across. So, I, whenever I, so when I was at a career fair and I was selling or a fellowship, uh, and I got, and I have numbers behind what I've been doing, and I've been telling people to get on phone calls, um, like that, that's what I attribute a lot of my success to in dedicating time. I'd rather have an hour phone call to get to know someone that has, that's a perfect for our fellowship than just send a hundred messages to, or email blast to, um, just a bunch of random people that I don't know. And I can't elaborate with and uh, have a constructive conversation with, but what I'm getting with that is that I invest time and understand that it's worth investing times in, in certain points. And so 7% being the content when I was at the career fair, what I was originally saying, jumping back into that thought was 7% was the content I was selling or fellowship. What is it? It's, it's the way I construe it is like a business fraternity after college. And then think of, uh, Ball State or a college in general, and then a business fraternity. But instead of a business fraternity, think of or fellowship. And but in, and then instead of a college, think of a partner company. And the partner companies are the ones who are paying you as an or fellow. And the or fellowship has a structure like a business fraternity. It has positions, recruitment, marketing, um, continued learning, a bunch of other positions as well, um, tech, a bunch of stuff. And in order to make or fellowship this nonprofit work with these companies. And so that's the way I explain it. But I want to get them to explain, to understand it and why it's important right off the bat when I'm talking to that person and bringing them in. But then I'm listening to them. What's your major? What are you doing? You know, just the basic things. But then I'm creating rapport with them. And rapport is understanding your client's needs, which is really the applicant that is applying to work fellowship. So now let's jump into another thing. And that is is important to what I thought. And this guy was, he wrote a book. I, I can't believe I'm spacing his name right now, but he's a well-known author in business uh, and in marketing specifically. Uh, and it's not Gary Vee. Uh, but it, he said to study print ads with small or little space on newspapers or digital, really digital newspapers aren't really, um, he said, weren't the best, but digital with that small real estate, what do they do? And does it grab your attention? And then the best entrepreneurs are really good at communicating. Surprising. You have to be able to sell things and you have to be able to communicate effectively and efficiently at the same time and not wasting people's times. And like I said, with a venture capitalist in, in getting money and funded for your company, you have 10 seconds to get their attention and then they're turned off. They don't really care about the rest of your presentation if you can't get their attention that quick. And in going back to Chris Voss, you have to have the tonality, the, the passion behind what you're saying and the body language to construe that you're really into it. You're really passionate. You really have those positive vibes and you are super upbeat and happy within whatever you're selling because you believe in that product. Never sell something you don't believe in is another thing. 
So practice is only way to get better. So you have to be able to understand that you're going to like, whether it be with friends, family, uh, in general at work, uh, you know, trying different things and techniques, but doing the continued learning. So not just listening to this podcast episode, but retrospect, opening your eyes to a bunch of things on the outside. So realizing that there's books, audiobooks uh, that are going to really progress your life in your continued learning. Because the more, although there's a saying, it's not what you know, it's who you know, but how would you know who to know if you didn't know what you know? Whoa, that's kind of crazy. I just came up with that on the fly. That's actually pretty crazy. So I think both of those statements mean a lot in what um, they both give in to each other. Although I will agree with it's not what you know, it's who you know a little bit more given to the fact that those you can have a lot more knowledge backed up and experience and wisdom backing you up if you know that person or those people. So keep tabs. This is a really good example. Open your. This is a good key takeaway in um, an experiment you can do. Keep tags tabs on why you buy what you buy. How were you persuaded? How did you buy that? Um, iPhone? How did you buy that computer? How did you buy those headphones? How did I buy this, this portfolio? How did I buy my subscriptions? How did I buy this table? Well, I didn't buy this table. How did I buy whatever I buy? Why? That, if there's one thing, one thing you take away from this podcast episode, and I really want you to listen, ears open, the reason I do so good, and, I, and again, I have way more experience to get in the world and I'm, I'm not irrationally ignorant to the fact that I know everything, but I will say what have worked really well for me in, in my youth and what I've done so far is understanding and putting my shoes in other people's shoes. That's what makes it so simple in the psychology of selling. It's as simple as talking to yourself. If I was on the other side of this, how would I sell myself my podcast? Well, doing this, 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 and just even besides that, if, if you are, whatever job you are currently doing, how would you persuade yourself if you weren't in that industry to come to you? Think about that. That is a game changer because that makes me think differently. So like when I come on to a company and they're sending a bunch of, uh, mass mailers or something, or, um, like the physical copies of mass mailers and sending it everywhere, and then running a, a return on investment and being like, okay, this isn't going so well. We need to do something different marketing. It's, it's understanding the customer. They're not bringing in money from that. There has to be a different way to advertise to them. There has to be a different way to let them know there's a deal. There has to be a different way to pull them in from a competitor or someone that just moved into that, that area to pull them into my retail business. There has to be, and that's, it's that constant thinking of the persuading and thinking of which I'm thinking on how I'm going to sell someone. So with Or Fellowship, which I've been invested in heavily right now, currently with recruitment, when I go pitch, the first thing I open up with is connecting. I'm connecting with them immediately and I'm building rapport with the presentation. I'm saying, hey, um, my opening to all my presentations in the psychology, how many in here are seniors? I'm presenting to a senior level class. Everyone's seniors, right? 
And so they raise their hand. I'm connecting with them, doing something interactive and getting them to pay attention. And then they also, then I say, how many have jobs? And I'll lower their hand. And it was to recognize two things in the psychology and what they thought in which I was achieving because I knew it. They realize now that they're a senior one and two senior year is going pretty quick and they need to start looking for jobs and I'm offering them. So I see people starting to shut their computers and listening to me because I'm telling them why, why they should listen. And then I'm doing another double bat of a connection right off the bat because that's what I would want to do in someone getting my attention. I said, I remember when I was in your shoes, this exact time last year, I blinked and I was standing up here presenting to you. It's funny how things go so fast. But I want to open your eyes to this opportunity that I foresaw and went after and it paid off. It is Or Fellowship. Now, why did I join Or Fellowship? Well, there was many reasons. I had an expansive network and, you know, I went all up into it. I did. I People and some people within or fellowship after I told them like what I was doing, they were like, that's awesome. That's really cool. Your psychology and the way you you formatted, like, how did how did you do this? And it was it all came back to the simple fact of I thought in my shoes, if I was the audience, if I if I put my shoes in the audience, what would I want to hear? Would I want to hear another boring lecture or would I want to hear someone really giving me an opportunity and boasting in my head and psychology and just like basically opening my mind up and I'm being like, wow, this person's amazing at presenting. Now, I, I give a lot of that to pitching um, throughout my senior year because we pitched, oh my gosh, just so much. But it really helped with those skills in front of those class. And I had to sell or fellowship. So again, keep tabs on why you buy what you buy and how you're persuaded. So put yourself in the other person's shoes and understand that and realize that's a really good way to sell. Not in just everyday life and buying something, but why you buy into a uh, relationship, why you buy into um, with friends, a loved one or family, whatever it may be. Another thing, your mind is your most precious asset. Now, why am I telling you this in the sales podcast? Because you have to realize within sales, you have to be learning and growing and practicing because although there's people that are the best of the best, there's always someone who can be better at the end of the day. So you have to realize the most precious asset you will ever have is your mind because your mind, if you're in it for the money, it makes you the money. If you're in it for love, um, you know, helping others impact the world, it all comes from here and investing in this asset. Some people don't even open their eyes and realize this is the biggest asset. And the asset of this that keeps this moving is your health. So working out just turns out to be good as well. And then now you can, and it promotes the steady state flow of mind, which we are always trying to achieve in the productiveness and efficientness that we're always trying to achieve. And that's what, there's a chemical, um, no, uh, that's right. no, I can't remember the exact chemical that's released when your body and it helps you have a steady state flow of mind. So I, I highly recommend that other information like that in other podcast episodes. But anyways, going back is investing in your mind because you have to be continued learning in your sales experience. Uh, and again, wide perspective of your sales experience, it's thinking of just everyday life. And opening your mind to books, podcasts, and audible books, or whatever else. So 
The quality of your thinking determines the quality of your sales and your communication and fruitfully talking to other people. Quality of your thinking determines the quality of your sales. So again, Rian is stating you need to read audiobooks, conferences, uh, talk to your boss, try different tactics, read, apply them, uh, comprehend as much and digest as much reading and uh, as you can. And before I finish this last little section out, I'm going to give you some really good advice that I do. Writing, reading a book, listening to a summary, reading a summary, whatever it may be, I've read books completely. Uh, and out of the same book, I've done all three things. Read a book, I've listened to a book, summarized a book. What all comes down to as I like summarizing, highlighting and bolding, but also reading in. And it takes a lot of effort though, but you divulge so much more information that stays in my head whenever I'm thinking how to win and influence people, linchpin, rich dad, poor dad, uh, like all these different stuff that that's, that's highly to get better at sales. I highly recommend reading a lot more. Um, but let's go back to this template that I've been running through like a, um, I don't know. Uh, I, my brain's a little bit fried. I couldn't think of uh, a comparison. But anyways, so know your target audience's pain point. I said that really weird. But know your target audience's pain point. So Hunter, what do you mean? It's understanding. So many people think they know what the, the audience needs. At the end of the day, it's, um, and it's also once as well. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's the customer who really decides that. So you, Gary V was talking about it in one of the videos I just watched and sent it to a buddy was he said, if you want to start a business, the first month should be going to lunch, dinner, grabbing a drink and to the person that you would be selling and talk to them. Just listen, open your mind, being like, what are your pain points and drawing a bunch of data points. These, uh, like I have, you know, all this data showing this is their pain points. How can I do it different from my competition or just out of business in other, well, I guess this is more focused on business anyways, um, was the fact that like, okay, now I know their pain points and my competitors aren't really seeing these pain points. So how, if I go after this, everyone's coming to me. And if I do a really good job at the quality of my work, it's just repetitive business and it's word of mouth. It seems that easy, but it's 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 there's a lot of gears turning behind to getting that um, doing that and quality and being affordable and all that behind the scenes of in any business. And I understand that. But the first thing is knowing your audience's pain points, because you don't want to be selling something that doesn't exist as a a problem um, or a, a leisure of some sort, because it's not really a problem like before video games like it, it wasn't a problem. Well, and then I guess it was solving a problem in a way, shape, or form that people were bored and then they ended up achieving things on different games or whatever. Um, so another thing, and towards the end of this, I really want your everyone's ears to, to perk up because um, this is really good takeaways. So consolidating selling. So uh, consolidating selling. And I was like, what? What in the world is that? So don't talk someone into buying whatever service, product, or yourself, you're selling yourself. Don't 
talk someone into doing it or like hiring. It's what you do is ask them questions, learn about them. This, sorry, this is in the perspective of someone um, selling. So it's like you're a salesperson, right? You're either selling a service or um, a product or something. So you don't talk someone into buying it. What you do is ask them questions. You learn about them and you find their problems. And then you say, you know what, Susie, although you're not a good customer to this product, I, I couldn't refer you to this because um, it, it would go against my morals. I really don't believe that, Susie. But I, what I really want to, or in the other case that it does work, I think this is the perfect product or service for you, Susie, because I know this is this, this, this is the problem. And this solution, which is my product or service, solves that. So instead of trying to sell someone into buying it, you are asking, you're consulting with them. You're asking them questions. You're learning about them and you're finding their problems. And in wrapping up this final bit of this podcast episode, don't sell something you wouldn't buy yourself. Same thing goes with working. If you're not passionate, you will show your energy. So when I was at the career fair and I was selling or fellowship, I got a call and a guy was like, hey, I, I talked to you and I realized how passionate you were and how energetic you were about this. I realized the opportunity. So it's so easy for me to sell or fellowship because I believe in it. I believe in it as if it was something, if it was something else, it'd be very challenging. And when I was in a fraternity, if I gave a Delta or a Fiji at Ball State, uh, I was able to sell that because I believed in it, because I invested a lot of my time and understood that it was worth other people's times. And I believed in that, in that um, group of people. So I was able to sell it really well. And that's, I attribute a lot of my success whenever I'm pitching or selling is the fact that I would, if, if you wouldn't buy it yourself, why would you even try to attempt to sell it? You're not going to be very good at it. Same thing goes with your job. Like you're not going to be, you're going to be a lot better at something that um, maybe you're not talented at, but that you're passionate about, then you're not. So throwing talent out of the pool, actually, passionate versus not passionate, you're going to be able to work way better with something you're passionate about. We all know this. It's common sense, but yet I believe it's 72% of United States Americans hate what they do. So goes beyond me. But anyways, Last little pain point. People want to do business with you. They don't want to be convinced to do business with you. They just want it. So you, if you make it simple to the point, they want to give you business. They want it to be easy. Think about you going somewhere else, going to a, a product or a service. You go to, let's see, a restaurant you know, and you have high expectations, you don't want to go anywhere else. But if you have terrible service, you're not coming back. So you want to give your business, right? And you don't want to be necessarily convinced that this is the place you want to be. But you have this expectation as a customer going in. So as long as you have that quality backing you up in your sales, and you're believing it, and you're passionate about it, the rest is cake. It's easy. It's word of mouth. It's that simple. But Obviously, there's so much more that works in a business. Wow, everyone. Thanks, Hunter. And now I'm a millionaire. I'm on my yacht. Blah, blah, blah. No, there's a lot more that goes into it. And I have a lot of different stuff on my podcast that talks about revolving around, you know, business, so to say. But 
when I when I listen to Grant Cardone, Gary V, um, Dale Carnegie, How to Win Friends and Influence People, uh, in in like all these different people, this is what a huge some of my takeaway of sales have been and how I work. And again, if there's one takeaway out of this podcast, it's it's to the fact that to think of what how you would sell yourself. And looking at examples, like when you're on Amazon, how did that, how'd you end up buying that? How was it marketed to you? Was it the reviews? Was it this? Was it, um, was it the price? Was it uh, the, the reviews that said it was quality? How do you set that framework up for your business or yourself, branding yourself? How did Gary V become Gary V? How did he brand himself? You know, all these different questions that we have in this moving of everyday life of a thousands of trillions of mechanisms that can potentially happen out of situations, you have to know how to convince people of sales. It's very important. And again, and I'll say it a billion other times on my podcast, it's probably the most word I use, passion, 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 passion. You have to be passionate about what you do. It's easy. It's cake. Although it's scary. It's very scary to pitch someone your business idea, your baby that like I worked on and I have been um, really pooped on uh, quite, not literally, but people didn't believe in my idea when I pitched it to them or, you know, man, like I'll never forget one guy when I was pitching, uh, just didn't believe in it. And I was just like, I'm just going to do me. I, I don't think everyone's going to see eye to eye. And it's realizing that, that I don't care what you think. Well, I mean, like I do a hundred percent. I do. But what I'm getting at is I, I'm going to put everything into what I have and I'm going to do it against all odds because I believe in it. And that's what like simpler living is to me, LLC. And we're going to be turning that up a little bit more here soon when recruitment's done. Um, and the podcast isn't taking too much time. So I'm able to inform you guys when I'm reading, when I'm, you know, everything it's, it's going to work together perfectly. I'm going to be doing podcast and, uh, working on the business and we got some good things coming up with simpler living LLC. I don't want you guys to think I've given up on it or anything, but it's just a quick update on myself. Um, but th- what I want to leave you with before we do the outro, uh, how to win friends and influence people smile when you talk to people that is always more inviting. And then also remember their name. Remember their name in some different, unique sh- way, shape, or form. Um, her her name was Ruby. The way I remembered it, she had a red shirt on. Ruby red, or something, you know, just find something to make that connection to remember their name, whether it be repeating it over and over and over and over in your head in a conversation. Or Ben, hey, Ben, um, you know, everyone loves hearing its love language to their ears. Love language to their ears when they hear their name. And also listening to the other person, again, like listening to their pain points, Dale Carnegie said this, was to the fact that everyone loves talking about themselves. So listen to them and they'll tell you the pain points and then you just go after them. It's that, it's really that simple. There's, there's a bunch of more stuff to do on the back end, but that is the big part of the pie in business. So that's going to be wrapping up this podcast episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it because I sure did. And I learned a lot through reading and listening to some of the most successful and smart, brilliant marketers in the world. That being said, I hope you have a great rest of your day. Be grateful for what you have because tomorrow is not promised. And for that, I will be seeing you guys next time. This has been the Redefine Relentless Podcast. Catch you guys later. And that's the last you saw of them. You got it?